0: Phil Mackey, Judd Zulgad.
2: If you two are finished comparing sizes.
0: Mackey
3: and Judd on 1500 ESPN. We got- Many think that Mensa is made up entirely of brain surgeons and rocket scientists or people who petition the government to build a real-life Death Star. But our organization is a much broader family than that. Approaching 60,000 members, MENSA unites people from every age, race, belief, orientation, and occupation. MENSA members are a curious bunch with an insatiable appetite for knowledge. And I agree with one MENSA who said it's the most interesting group of people I've ever met. Does this sound like you? Then why not become a member?
1: Ah, uh, MENSA, the largest and oldest high IQ society in the world, an organization that nobody in this room uh, will ever come close to guessing this is true founded in 1946 in Oxford United Kingdom and there are 134,000 members worldwide if you if you qualify as a 98th percentile IQ or better then you can become a Mensa member we're going to get to Nick Elam who is a Mensa member and a baseball fan Nick Elam has some radical ideas to help baseball going forward here but since a Mensa member is the one that's prompting this
4: conversation, Dave came up with a great idea here. We have intern Max with us. Yeah. He went to school. He thinks he's so smart. Yeah. Geography B champion. Obviously, that wasn't very good last uh, couple weeks ago. Yeah. Max. We're going to find well, out how smart he is. So I'm we sorry, f- Max. We found a Mensa test, IQ test, online. Okay. I believe 60 questions, so you get 40 minutes. Okay. And like you said, if you finish 98%, you're a Mensa certified genius, so... Let's find out. he's doing
1: an online test right now? He's going
4: to start right now. Let's start the 40
1: minutes. Max, are you ready for this?
2: I mean, is he ready? I'm absolutely ready. Talk about redemption here.
1: Are you more confident now than you were before Game Show Friday uh, sports geography? Because that didn't go well.
2: I was very confident then, and honestly, the the confidence is still still there. It shouldn't be. Shooters got to shoot, This might be really tough. Shooters shoot. This is going to be a tough thing, but... We're gonna roll with it. Okay, yeah. let's start the clock
1: here. Forty minutes. We'll see how close Max can can come to being a Mensa member. Godspeed, your man. Or if the score is low enough, I don't know. We might have to find some <laughs> other place to put him here. But oh, he'll, uh, he'll fit perfectly
5: then. <laughs> yeah, Are you actually, you're right. If he well, gets zero, he'll he'll be a perfect fit well, for the station. He can just stay here and have a full time job at that point. We'll put him on the ride with Racy. <laughs> wow. I'm not. Go ahead, Dave. That. No, that my...
4: I'm not going to take the Reavers shot. Take your Reavers oh, shot. <laughs> far come <too easy. laughs> on. I was leaving
5: it there for no, you. I, totally I would do that. <laughs> I
4: ducked out so you could take the Reavers <laughs> I shot. I wouldn't do that. Reavers is my du- guy. He's not dumb. He's not. All right, so Max, is taking, stupid, Max is taking the IQ test.
1: You want to hear these <laughs> yes. ideas from a Mensa member for fixing baseball? Yes. There's 10 of them. I don't think we have to do all 10, but just for fun here. Here's number one. A dynamic strike zone. And this isn't just like some of these are for pace of play. Some of these are for just general interest. Some of these are to increase non-home run and strikeout outcomes. And some are for fan interest. But the, the number one thing on the list here is a dynamic strike zone. This is super radical. So stick with me. First off, a caveat, a very important one. This idea depends on an automatic strike zone called by a computerized system, and higher-ups at Major League Baseball still do not believe that the league's technology, for its large leap forward, is consistent enough to take balls and strikes from umpires and hand them to machines. Because, you know, God forbid we send we send spaceships to Mars, and we have...
5: They don't have the technology yet, okay? We literally have, Rob like... Bob told you this. We have home
1: systems where you can verbalize any command you have connected like connected washing machines for God's sakes, but Joe West some is still stuff. more qualified to call the ball or a strike on the outside corner than some sort of a computer. I digress. The concept is simple. According to this Mensa guy, encourage batters to put the ball in play early in the count by expanding the size of the strike zone. As a plate appearance continues. For years, batters have sought to work deep counts, and that's a big part of the reason why games take so long, because there's 50 to 100 more pitches being thrown in the game now than there was 40, 50, 60 years ago. And everyone does it now, yes. So for years, batters have sought to work deep counts, and rightly so for a number of reasons strategically. All the while, length of games has increased and the percentage of balls in play has decreased due to the associated increase in strikeouts and walks. By introducing the concept of an expanding dynamic strike zone where the strike zone starts small for the first pitch of an at-bat and then expands slightly after strike one and then slightly again after strike two, batters would change their approach knowing that the best pitch to hit is likely to come early in the at-bat. So the size of the zone can be negotiable, but the Mensa guys suggest that uh, belt to top of knees with with no strikes and then at least half the ball over the plate. What do you think about that? If we if we get to the point where the technology is sound, so you're, the problem here being batters are going so deep into counts, it's leading to walks and, and strikeouts and, them, yeah. and longer games. Yep. If we wanted it to be like the old days where, even in the 80s, where guys were just swinging early and often, and games were quicker and fast-paced, and there's more action and ground balls and fly balls, if you forced it by having a box for a strike zone on the first pitch, and if and if pitchers could get past that, they'd have the advantage with strike 1 strike 2
5: among the 10 things on Very the, interesting. yeah it is among the 10 things on this list it is it w- would be near the bottom for me personally uh my initial inclination is that it's too much if you experimented but step 1 has to be just going to the electronic strike zone right i mean just to get there uh it's interesting the more i think about it i could be i could be swayed to discuss it but uh, among the items on this list it would start out near the, the bottom for me personally okay yeah
2: it's
1: it's out there like this is if you're ranking things that baseball could do based on how likely it is that you know the powers that be would actually implement it i think this would be pretty low what about this one Moving the pitching rubber to the true center of the diamond. Now, this is interesting. As Elam, the Mensa member, suggests, uh, bet you didn't know that it isn't already in the center of the diamond. With 90-foot bases, the length between home and second base is 127 feet. The middle of that would be 63.6 inches, more than three feet behind the current rubber. It's been 60 feet 6 inches since 1893, so the prospect of moving <laughs> it back would inspire all kinds of consternation. Can't change it. Uh, But it's not like 60 feet, 6 inches is some sacred number. It's just 5 feet behind the previous edge of the pitcher's box, which is also arbitrary. The extra distance would give, so it would be a 3-foot extra distance. And by the way, they did change the height of the mound about 50 years ago to increase offense. So the extra distance would give hitters a greater opportunity to see pitches and increase offense. And perhaps uh, to compensate for the lost horizontal distance, the mound could be raised slightly but uh, hitters would be able to see the ball longer. What do you think?
5: Okay, at first it sounds crazy. It's not. It's actually not bad. Or here's another another one to add to it. It's not a terrible
1: idea. Shortening the distance, this is part of this too, shortening the base distance to 88 feet instead of 90 to encourage hitters to prioritize contact skills, speed, and other parts of the game that are growing extinct. It also might add... To uh, you know, infielders playing in more, thus you have maybe some hits that go into
5: the outfield. That it's wouldn't not terrible. Play. I sort of like it. There, there's going to have to be w- within the next um, ten to twenty years. There, there's going to have to be, I believe, some radical adjustments made in in this game if it's going to to survive and be healthy. This at first sounds like like way too much. I don't think it. it it is i think it's actually not a bad idea i think this is the type of idea that you could implement and people at first would go absolutely crazy but th- then you would get used to it and forget about the change nobody would even notice what right. you would
1: see is you'd see fewer strikeouts for sure because right. hitters would have a longer like, time to process I,
5: I like this idea
1: i kind of like it too and I it's, like it. it's subtle enough so that you're not changing defensive alignments you're not changing the strike zone you would just be making it a little harder for pitchers to get pitches past mm-hmm. hitters. Now, how much would three feet matter? Obviously, if you play like if the difference between sixty feet and a hundred feet would be all of the strikeouts, right? Yes. So, where's that line? Is it is is adding another three feet? Is that is that going to make a huge difference? I mean, if you added five feet or ten feet, make a difference absolutely. Like if 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 you and I were standing here and We're in a room that's about 15 feet wide, and I throw as hard as I can from 15 feet. There's zero chance that you could hit it. But if I stand 100 feet away, and you have 100 feet to see that ball in the air and wind up your swing, right? you got a
5: fighting chance, exactly.
1: Uh, Number three here. These are—and by the way, how are we here? Max is now five minutes into his Mensa exam, Dave Harrigan. How— he looks like he's sweating a little bit.
4: He's working hard. He's got a, a little scratch paper. He's taking long notes here. I don't even I don't even know what he's doing. He's written the alphabet down. But you got to get uh, so it knows like the alphabet. question That's per good. minute pace, right? Oh, you're better than that. 60 questions 40 minutes. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, has got to speed roll matters. Here. You got to move. All right. So Max is in the middle of I'm a... on question 27. Stop wasting time. Hurry yeah. up. you have already
1: on 27 questions? Yeah. That's actually pretty amazing. Are you s- in five minutes? They could be all wrong, though. Swear
2: to God. All right.
1: Are I've, you sure this is a Mensa test? He might not be good with numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Well, we'll get back to Max in a second here. Uh, Mensa <laughs> member Nick Elam with with ways to fix baseball. Here's number three. Institute a three batter minimum for relief pitchers. So this is something that Buster only has brought up, the four pitchers in a game yeah, thing. Right. Um, so this is what the write-up says keeping relievers in for multiple batters is an idea supported by a number of powerful executives. And uh, the author says he calls it the best of many worlds, including boosting offense, because he wouldn't be able to go lefty, righty, lefty, righty, and pitchers would get a little more fatigued, perhaps boosting offense, shortening length of game and introducing interesting new strategical decisions and debates. The minimum, Number of batters faced would be waived if a reliever finishes an inning, which I don't even know if I'd go that far. I think you should have to come back and face the next batter. Um, if And this is the big part. If a guy comes out because of an injury, because the guys would be faking injuries all the time, right? Yes. Oh, my arm hurts. Oh, so yep, better I bring it. in another pitcher. Oh, it happens to be a lefty. That's great, And, right? now, and now I'm fine, yes. So there has to be a punishment of some kind. And the punishment that Elam comes up with here is that the team at bat would have the option to accept intentional walks until the minimum number of batters have come to the plate. So if the guy blows his arm out, first hitter, then like the next two <laughs> guys are intentionally walked. Yeah.
5: Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I, I like this idea exactly as written, but to me, I love the idea of somehow limiting pitching changes. Because that's what what's slows games down completely now, right? Terry Francona comes out and makes, once he goes to his bullpen, makes about five changes per game. Yeah, he went so, yes, four this, pitchers
1: for four hitters against this, the Twins.
5: This idea, some form of of the idea, is exactly the way that baseball needs to go.
1: If you can figure out that little punishment mechanism so that you didn't... Because two things, you can't force pitchers to stay in if they're hurt. And if it, if a pitcher's on the mound and, oh man, my elbow feels tender, but... God, if I come then out you have of the to game, DL'd. But, but here's the thing, if I, well, yeah, if I, and if, but if I come out of the game, if we're going to go down the path of this Mensa member and the bases are loaded, the next guy comes in to replace me and they get to intentionally walk the game winning run or something like that's not fair. So you, I think the DL, the DL, thing DL idea. Have, you'd have, you have to go days. on the DL. You're out for 10 days. But then you would just play that game with guys that don't matter.
5: Three things. If, if you go to your bullpen, you, you can use an X amount of guys from there. So you can't consistently make changes. When a reliever comes in, he doesn't get eight pitches. He doesn't need it. He's been warming up. He gets a couple.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Then you go. And the third thing is to make a pitching change, no one has to come out of the dugout. A manager signals for a pitching change. The guy comes in, preferably in a cart as quick as possible. He takes the mound and he starts throwing. And he doesn't throw eight. You don't need... You've been warming up the entire time. What's the compelling case to have you come in and throw eight extra pitches before you face a guy?
1: I can't figure that one out. There's, there's, There's more here. And Max's Mensa IQ test will continue when we come back. And Jason Stark will join the show in about 15 minutes. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for just a second here. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, where the best dealership and service department in the twin cities resides. I really love the fact that you can get, if you're, if you're looking to find out the value of your used vehicle, you can bring it into Luther Brookdale Toyota, any make, any model, no strings attached, no money. You can get a free, no obligation appraisal in as little as 15 minutes, not a very long process. So that's step one, find out what your vehicle is worth and, and get a fair assessment, which you'll get at Luther Brookdale Toyota. And then if you want to take that money and maybe use it toward a trade-in, a new lease, new financing plan on one of these 2018 models, Camrys, Corollas, that's up to you. If you just want to get a check and put it in your pocket, you can do that too. And Luther Brookdale Toyota will handle all the paperwork for you. Again, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. It's the easiest way to find out what your used vehicle is worth. And you can find out more about that process at
3: Attention! Radio
0: alert! Mackey and Judd now continue on 1500 ESPN.
3: Many think that Mensa is made up entirely of brain surgeons and rocket scientists or people who petition the government to build a real-life Death Star. But our organization is a much broader family than that. Approaching 60,000 members, MENSA unites people from every age, race, belief, orientation, and occupation. MENSA members are a curious bunch with an insatiable appetite for knowledge. And I agree with one MENSA who said it's the most interesting group of people I've ever met. Does this sound like you? Then why not become a member?
1: Okay, how are we doing in there, Max? Intern Max is taking the MENSA exam right now, 60 questions, 40 minutes. And if he qualifies, he'll be one of just 134,000 people in the world that
4: are MENSA members. <laughs> he just laughed. So Okay. During the break, uh, to paraphrase, because I can't use the curse on the air. Max said, "Wow, these questions at the beginning weren't too tough, but these ones are bleeping hard." Okay, so they make they let you cruise and get momentum early on, and then they bog down. They mess okay. with your head a little bit. You think you're uh, you know hot crap going in, and all of a sudden, yeah. boom, they tear you down. They hit huh? you with the buster. Yeah, all right. How much time is on the clock here? We got about what twenty oh, minutes got, left. At least a good twenty minutes left. Yeah, he's still got plenty of time though. Okay. Well, for he, most people, anyway. he's clearly thirty six. He's scuffling, though. Question 36 out of 60, so we've really slowed down the last 10 minutes. All right, yeah, go. this wow. is unfortunate. Because he was through 27 questions after five minutes. Flew through the opener. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on
1: on Intermax here. Uh, this this came about because a Mensa member is attempting to fix various problems in baseball. Here's number four, according to Jeff Passan's column. Judd, embrace regionality in a way no other sport ever has. Essentially, two 15-team leagues in which the best teams, not the division winners, make the playoffs. So you get rid of divisions. And uh, the version from the Mensa guy is, the contrast between MLB national TV ratings and local TV ratings speaks to its disproportionately regional appeal. Baseball would embrace uh, could embrace this phenomenon by eliminating leagues and divisions and adopting a 90 wins and into the playoffs format. It would temper big market versus small market complaints, would guarantee that most uh, the most deserving teams qualify for the playoffs and guarantee exciting celebrations by requiring teams to clinch a playoff berth by winning a game and would add freshness to the playoffs by having a different number of qualifiers from year to year and would bring about many other benefits. So just to summarize, I don't understand where the regional thing comes in here, I guess, but what he's saying is just make it so that if you get to 90 wins and only if you get to 90 wins, you were a playoff team. So some years there would be six playoff teams, and yeah, some years there would be nine. Me. Too much. Don't yeah, like, it. like I don't I'm all for innovation here, but that seems a little aggressive. I don't know. Yeah, it's too much. What about this one? Making the all star game old versus young instead of AL versus NL. So you'd pick some sort of an age limit or a time in the in the leagues limit, and you'd have a rising stars team, like for this year, it could be Mookie Betts and Aaron Judge and Bryce Harper, so guys who are under the age of 26, let's say. And uh, Garrett Cole. And then the other team would be the Giancarlo Stantons
5: and the J.D. Martinez's. I'm fine with it. Don't care. That's fine. That's fine. Anything. All-Star Games jumped the shark for me personally years ago. So if if you can come up with an idea that's going to engage fans, do it. That's fine. Is there anything wrong with the baseball All-Star Game? That's the one that people don't complain about at all. Yeah. But do do kids like it? Do 20-year-olds watch it? Like, I don't mind it, but is is it something that, that you could change to attract, you know, the, the young fan base that you want? Well, here's, okay,
1: well, here's number nine on the list. We're not going to do all 10 of them. I'm just kind of skipping around here. Fan service ideas that pander to fans' desires. Among them, three things. Number one, Get rid of the rule that calls a player out when his hand or foot slips off the base in super slow-mo instant replay catches it.
5: Yes, absolutely. Yep, Love that.
1: Incorporate public address announcers more into each game, sort of like basketball, but not quite as (laughs) over-the-top. Play music during at bats? Shouldn't be done in an over-the-top, tacky, distracting NBA-style way, but simply announce more happenings enthusiastically (laughs) <laughs> and announce the, announce the score after every run. Announce the pitcher's number of strikeouts in the game after each occurrence. Announce the player's season total after every home run, triple, double, run score, Just like have there be more vocalization from the public address announcer. I don't know if we need like the no, Detroit Pistons no guy thanks. back in the day, Chauncey Boop Billups, with like fireworks going off in the background. But I think it'd be
5: kind of fun if there was just a little bit more like energy in the in the ballpark. I don't know. I mean, you it's fine, but i I feel like that's not a huge problem. I feel you know, I mean you, hockey games are you've absurd. Got like hockey, stats you love got got stats arenas, on the
1: scoreboard. you love hockey. yeah, you, there's stats in hockey,, but, sure. but they have but, an organ player going crazy at every face off and stuff in baseball it's den den then 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 in hockey, it's like we're gonna play some Van Halen for fifteen seconds and get people riled up and a public address announcer. It between,
5: yeah, during st- stoppages in play, it's like baseball festive. does. I don't know. I think it's a great idea.
4: Just you need- because you want more underwater cam, Judd.
5: Pentair, that's a great yeah. ad. I love that one. No, in mean, hockey,
4: Kiss, you, you announced... Kiss Cam, I love Kiss you Cam. You announced the previous goal while the play is going on. It's
5: breezy yeah. from Suter yeah. and, you know... That's the ninth home run of the season for Miguel Sano. Yeah, actually, yeah. It's, it's... Exactly. And the 700th strikeout. Yeah, <laughs> 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 we want a strikeout. I don't know. But like in basketball,
1: it does get obnoxious when... Defense. You know, yeah, like,
5: when the Wolves guy comes on, he's defense. And he's just pleading, "No, please defense. God, play some defense." Chris Paul. <laughs> Twins are <laughs> the the inning, close game.
4: Paul. We want a pitcher, not a belly oh, yeah.
5: oh, and then the kid, and then those obnoxious kids could come on. And dude, it's Sunday, it's kids day. Hey, you suck out of Izzy. <laughs> now pitching someone who stinks.
1: I don't think that's what it would be. But I think oh, yes. no, I need it uh, and then the third fan service idea from Mensa Guy here is encourage spontaneous celebrations. Yes. MLB should crack down further on retaliatory beanballs and by doing so encourage batters to celebrate home runs and big hits, pitchers to celebrate strikeouts, as long as it's not done in a manner meant to mock or provoke one's opponent. Oh, that can be, just I celebrate don't care about more.
5: That. Yeah. Are you are you saying that this guy is is even Floating the idea of throwing away the unwritten rules? I think he's I think he's saying how directly can we, just get rid of that. How can yes. we how can we mess with the unwritten rules of baseball? Yes. What'll Doge do? I mean, if people bunt when they're not supposed to, what happens?
4: Do you guys see what went wrong with the unwritten rules yesterday? No. D backs were trailing five zip in the seventh inning to the Pirates. Mm-hmm. There'd been a bunch of hit batters. So uh seventh inning starts. Pirates go and plunk the first D back hitter. Then ends up starting a five run rally. They tie it, then score four more in the eighth, win nine five. Steve, that's why yeah. Unwritten rules go wrong. You started a rally. Way to go, Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's just irresponsible. It's irresponsible. <sighs> I, baseball. God so, love it.
1: So those there's a few other ones in here too, uh, from this. It's if you want to read the whole thing, it's Yahoo Sports, it's Jeff Passen. And here like here's one more. A full slate, adding a full slate of day night doubleheaders to the first Saturday after the All Star break. As the author puts it, 30 games, 1 million fans, and proceeds could go to Stand Up to Cancer or something. It could be just known as Major League Baseball Day, the motherload of baseball. Um, and so you would just have like this sort of tricked-out day in the middle of the regular season, uh, sort of symbolizing the halfway what point. What if
5: you did that and played each game seven innings and that's it for both of them? So if you play two, you don't play nine you play 7.
1: Well, once you have to just do that when why would going
5: to 7 innings for just that one day really matter? But I but what if you went to a system that actually incorporated more uh but but you cut down on days that, that you played the two games, you cut it down instead of 9. That's what college baseball does. Yeah. Co- and you could speed the, you idea? could speed
1: the season up that way too if you wanted to if you wanted to start it later or whatever. I like don't earlier.
5: I don't know that, that you're going to attract a young fan by, fan base by saying come out for two games. And they're both going to be nine innings. Yeah, I like the
4: idea. You can get the Players Association on board, too. You get one extra off day with the All-Star break. Seven innings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's Max doing times.
1: in there? Yeah, Max taking the Mensa exam right now. 60 questions, 40 minutes. We're like... Twenty-five minutes into this thing, the look
5: on Max's face indicates it's not going as A well lot as he was hoping.
1: Wet down
2: the brow right now. Yeah, how are things going in there, Max? I mean, it's 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 gotten to the point where like my mind is seeing mirages. And oh. it's, it's are it's, you
5: drinking or? <laughs> it,
2: I, it feels. What the like hell's it. going on in there? Yeah, what are the chances like you could guess your way to
1: the ninety-eighth percentile here? Oof, well, that's kind of what I've been doing
2: for the past few pages. Kind of what I've been doing
1: for three years in college, <laughs> he says. All right, well, we'll keep we'll keep Max here under the microscope. We'll see if he can qualify as a Mensa member today.
0: Jason Stark will join us when we come back, TCL Broadcast Studios. The Mackie and Judge Show will continue in a moment. Happy? Yeah, no, happy. On 1500 ESPN. Bill Mackey, Judd Zolgad.
5: Let's just say that it could cause Molly
0: to start smoking. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd are talking twins. Now, now, with MLB Network contributor and senior baseball writer with The Athletic, Jason Stark. Brought to you by Grundhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Bring the excitement of Grundhofer's to your next cookout.
1: All right, Jason Stark from TheAthletic.com slash MLB. You can find his... Baseball stories on Stadium TV, MLB Network. Jason, have you seen this article? I think it was posted yesterday by uh, Jeff Passan, Yahoo Sports, who talked to a Mensa member and uh, and went through 10 ways to make baseball better.
6: I have not seen that one, but let's get Mensa on the case.
1: All right. Well, no. and, and we have intern Max, uh, our intern Max here uh, in the spirit of this is actually taking the Mensa exam right now, and he's struggling with about five minutes to go on the clock. So well, we should get an <laughs> update there. But Wait, there's a, there's a, clock there's a time limit it's 60 questions in 40 minutes and he blew through the first 27 and now he's just sitting over there it got tough after that (laughs) i think he started drinking out of a flask now it's not Uh good
6: yeah there must be math
1: huh Uh, there's math there's logic there's all kinds of stuff wow so just i want to throw a couple of these ideas because we did this for like a half hour here before we had you on in order to increase and you've been on this mission too in your writings and musings just try to increase action that isn't home runs walks and strikeouts moving the pitching rubber back to the true center of the diamond which would be 60 uh, 63 feet 6 inches instead of 60 feet 6 inches an extra 3 feet for hitters to see the ball your thoughts on that one
6: well um you know i i did ask a lot about this in the piece i wrote a few weeks ago and you know there's some interest in it the biggest advantage is it's a way to counteract velocity and that's you know that's one of the hardest questions for anyone to answer within the sport is obviously pitchers throw harder now than they ever have it leads to many more swings and misses than we've ever seen and nobody knows what to do about it moving the 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 mound back a couple feet a few feet would be a way to do that but I didn't get any sense that, that there there just an, enough people in favor of it. There are more people in favor of lowering the mound than moving the mound. If you cool. pull anyone except hitters.
5: Interesting, uh, p- pitching change wise, I've got two things that I don't get why why th- this isn't changed and and th- it's two things that, that you could change, Jason, today. Why, it, when you come in from the bullpen, do you get eight pitches? Because to me, you've been throwing warm-ups out there continually. And the second thing is, why don't, don't we just go to a system where where the manager indicates to the umpire pitching change and the guy jogs in? Why does does a person actually have to go to the, the mound to take the ball and give the ball to the guy coming from the bullpen? Yeah,
6: you're, you're clearly right about both those things. You know, if you ask, relief pitchers they like having a few pitches to warm up though because the bullpen mound does not always feel the same as the regular mound it's a completely different experience to be out there in the middle of a stadium Mm -hmm. right um standing on top of this hill than it is to be out in a a bullpen and so i think relief pitchers would resist having zero warm-up pitches okay but you, you make a good point um like if you if you don't care what they think you could definitely save a lot of time by eliminating both of those things yeah
5: or just go to 2 i cuz my my point is i i think i so, so much of things that take up time are things that that we that when you ask what, why is it done it's because we've always done things that
6: way right. so let's go to let's go to 3 three pitches yeah no, they look they do sell commercial time <laughs> True. Right. While these relievers are coming in a game and warming up, yeah, you're right. Uh, they do the cash register does ring, but there are other ways to do it. Yeah. Um, we're seeing more and more examples of the the fifteen, twenty, thirty second ad where your you know the screen is split and you're you know you're watching a guy jog in mm-hmm. and there's a commercial and there are ways to do it.
2: All right.
1: There's one more here from what uh, Mensa member tries to fix baseball from Yahoo Sports. And this would, right, this is, this would never happen, but just, just, it's, it's the number one thing on the list. So it would require Major League Baseball to convert full time to an electronic strike zone, which I mean, that's, it's debatable whether or not the technology's there. I think it probably is, but, but the, it would be a dynamic strike zone that if, and if you're trying to, if you're trying to, in, in, if you're trying to increase pace of play and get more batted balls, you want hitters swinging more early and often. And so, you'd have a dynamic strike zone that is tighter earlier in the count. And then it widens out and, and expands to more of a traditional zone and maybe even a little bit further. And it favors the pitchers as you get to one and two strikes so that hitters would have the advantage early. If so, which incentivizes them to swing. And then later in the count, pitchers would have the advantage. And so the incentive would be, let's get some action going early on here. It's radical Jason, but that's from a Mensa member who loves baseball. Uh,
6: it's, Interesting, but <laughs> I, I don't like it, yeah. <laughs> I don't, and I don't see any chance that it could ever happen. Um, you know, we, we can talk about electronic strike zone and you know where the technology is on it, but if this if the strike zone is going to be small early in the count, that's what you're saying, right? Yes. Why does that incentivize swinging? To me, it incentivizes it, it incentivizes more taking to get ahead in the count. I know what you're saying, that the strike zone is going to get bigger as we go along, but um, hitters are programmed to to get ahead in counts, not swing early in counts. Maybe it would work, but it, it seems like electronic gimmickry to me. Like, how would the hitter know where the strike zone is on every pitch if it's going to change?
1: Sounds like you're arguing with a Mensa member right now. I don't know, Jason. That's, <laughs> yeah, I th- no, you think you're That's right. because you?
6: Cause the, you no, weren't one of the ones consulted?
1: No, although intern Max might be shortly here. We're not sure yet. He's got five okay. minutes left on the clock. Um, I th- to, to your point about wh- where the technology is at, it seems ridiculous to me that you have – you can build your entire house with connected appliances now and you can call out a command to your washing machine in 2018. We're sending, you know, we're sending uh, space vehicles to Mars and we can't figure out an electronic strike sound. Is it really a technological thing or is it just baseball wanting to slow cook this? <laughs>
6: um, I think there've been elements of both until now, but Uh, I would refer you to Rob Manfred's conversation with Ken Rosenthal in the Athletic. uh, I would say, I think it was two weeks ago, Um, May thirtieth. In fact, was was the was the date, so not even two weeks ago. And there was a change in his posture on this in that interview. You know, until now they've always said the technology isn't ready, even though I mean people in the game have told me many times it's close enough if you really wanted to do it you could do it but what he said now is that the pitch fx pitch tracking technology has improved so dramatically and the accuracy is so much better even compared to a year ago that technologically it's more possible to implement than it's ever been the big question that he thinks baseball is is facing is if you take away the home plate umpires right to decide what the strike zone is are you also taking away his authority to control the game the way plate umpires always have and plate umpires do have a presence if you had an electronic strike zone they'd still be standing there (laughs) somebody would have to call place the plate and you know catcher's interference and stuff like that, but the authority of the plate umpire over the game and his his presence on the field would be greatly diminished. And does that create a problem? It's an interesting debate.
5: Would ump strike or what What would be, if, if you did yeah. this, what, what would they do?
1: It'd be really tough to find a replacement home plate umpire to sit back there behind an electronic
0: strike zone. Yeah. But- <laughs>
6: Well, I I mean, we're not there yet, but my understanding is they would still signal ball or strike. Uh, I guess you could have, like, a a tone system or flashing lights, but I think they would still do that.
1: I love the fact that catchers wouldn't have to worry about tricking umpires either. They wouldn't have to frame anymore. Like, they could just just sit back there and they could have a cocktail in their hand if no one's on base. It would
6: be great. Yeah. Ball, I recommend that, and I don't know if you could trick the Pitch FX system. But no, I you could. You somebody be studying it thirty seconds. Oh, they Was announced.
5: Yeah, sure, sure sir. sir. Uh, you, oh. you, I read your column, which basically ran down about eight things that that the guy is incredible
6: at. Well, I, I, maybe I've told you this before. He, he's my favorite pitcher to watch in the whole sport. If you if you said to me, "All right, you've got to pick." Any pitcher to watch for the next two and a half, three hours, I would pick him. Um, I, I, you know, when I did the, uh, this the stadium show interview with him, we talked a lot about the way he stomps around the mound between hitters. And it, like this is quality entertainment. If you gave him a lawn mower, he'd mow the whole infield. <laughs> it's great. And he acts like he doesn't think anybody should ever get a hit off him. So there's just there's there's all of that. And he's so competitive. Um you know he a week ago he gets a pinch hit. In the fourteenth inning, God knows how many innings he'd had his spikes on. He'd been in the cage, <laughs> taking you know, taking pitches and taking hacks, and he comes up in the fourteenth inning, gets a hit, scores the winning run. And I thought to myself, has any Cy Young Award winner ever done this in extra innings? Yeah. So I tried to investigate. Couldn't find anybody. Asked the Alive Sports Bureau, <laughs> they couldn't find anybody. Max Scherzer, the first, wow. and then the guy he was also. After that, he gets that hit, he's hitting 310. So I went and looked up, has anybody ever won a Cy Young and hit 300 in the same season? The only one ever is Bob Gibson. Yeah. I mean, Max Scherzer is a phenomenon. He is, he is the best show in baseball.
1: He's headed toward, and he's got, I mean, I think if, if he were to never pitch another game, he'd be a Hall of Famer, multiple Cy Youngs, and just the dominance in an era where home runs are on the rise. But. If he and he's thirty three, if so, let's say he pitches at a high level for another three, four, five years, and maybe pitches into his late thirties, are we talking about one of the all time greats here?
6: Uh, we are. Um, you know, if he wins the Cy Young this year and he's on track to do it, that would be three NRO. And my my, my my recollection is it's only Randy Johnson and Greg Maddox who have ever done that, right? Jeez, yeah. He 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 owns the greatest strikeout ratio of any right-handed pitcher in history i know it's an age of strikeouts nevertheless um he you know he's got a chance to go an entire calendar year without giving up a home run to a right-handed hitter just like you could you could spit out the numbers um all day long Uh, it's it's just an amazing thing that the diamondbacks traded him was it Nine years ago, thinking he was going to break down with his delivery, and all he does every year is pitch 200 innings, strike out like 250, 280, and win the Cy Young. Pretty good. Yeah,
1: yeah. he's uh, he's absurd too. As far as strikeout rate, just strikeouts per nine, uh, the the career list right now: Jose Fernandez, among pitchers who've pitched at least 400 innings, you Darvish, Robbie Ray, so a lot of modern guys: uh, Chris Sale, Randy Johnson, Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer. In, in that Right,
6: line. he's pitched many more innings than yep. Obviously, most of the guys that you cited, right? Yeah, that's, exactly. That's, uh, that's the cutoff.
1: Only Randy Johnson in that group has pitched uh, more. In.
6: One, one more thing: I, is is he going to go down as the greatest free agent pitching contract ever? Well, he'll be one of the rare ones yeah. that actually worked he out for, off, sure, for sure, right? I mean, right, he's hey, Mike. And 27 since he yes. brought to Washington with two Cy Youngs and a third on the way. That's aggressive. That's right. All
1: right. We got the music. We got Jason Stark, and he has trivia for us. Let's fire was, this up, sir. I,
6: I love the music. I really wish I had like a little hat I could wear when you play the music.
1: I think we get and you a little little cane. We'll to send you sing one. Yeah, for sure. Hat and we'll send cane you a hat. Or a mm-hmm. pointer
6: or whatever, the, whatever that game show paraphernalia is. <laughs> um, here we go. Uh, I, w- I was thinking about Jose B. But Eos, after his last start, he, you know, he's already won seven games. And so it looks like he's heading for his second straight season of double-digit wins. He's 24 years old. So, here's your question. Over the last 25 years, only two twins have won 10 or more in back-to-back seasons by their age 24 season. Is that You got that? Yep.
0: Hmm. Santana.
6: back-to-back double-digit win seasons by age 24 or at least they're age 24 seasons how okay. old was
1: Santana when, when he Brad Radke has to be one of them Brad Radke yeah.
6: very good okay.
1: he had 20 wins in there too one of those years yeah. on a terrible team so, so the other one is either it's, it's got to be Johan, right? I mean, Johan, I'm just trying to
5: think of how old he was when he got here. He
1: got here when he was 21. Okay. And was a starter by like 23. So okay. I would so say he 23, 23, 24. 24. 24. He did it
6: twice? All right, Johan All right. Santana. You, you really think I'd ask you a question that easy? Yes. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> you feel bad for us. You, or probably, you know, I probably won't even ask the question. Ah. Uh, he, he did, I mean, he We've did been chastised years. by Stark. <laughs> you're, right, you're, you're like the teacher that just <laughs> chastised us. <laughs>
5: We're going to have to stay <laughs> after, do extra credit or something.
6: <laughs> I'm just giving you a little insight into me. That's <laughs> true, yeah. We got roped <laughs> in biological. there. Uh, I'm trying to
1: think right. of the other young options here. I mean, Frankie Liriano, but he was injured and stuff and didn't pitch innings. And hmm. Hold on. That's okay, so mm. They haven't had that many options.
3: <laughs> no, no, they haven't. Was, okay,
1: was, was Nick Blackburn the other one?
6: Nick Blackburn? I don't oh, think he ever won that he pitched 200. He pitched 200 <laughs> wow. innings twice
1: in a row early in his career. Uh, it,
6: it's not him. Okay.
5: Those guys Is Viola that. in the last tw- No. Viola in
6: 1993. Three. So. All right, we give up. Yeah. We give up. Like how soon they forget Kyle Loge. Oh, wow. I wouldn't have got
1: that in
5: a
6: million years. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I had no chance. And we've been uh, chastised yeah, too. A tough one. For, for the record, and 2003. Nick Blackburn so guess Eric Milton
1: Okay, Eric he Milton would have been. Three in a
6: row Starting at age 24. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Lariano. He, he won double digits at age 22, but then he got hurt. All right. All right,
5: great,
1: not good.
6: He, he kind of sneaked in there, but Kyle Lowes, Brad Radke, that's your drink, Kyle For
1: Sh- the record, uh, Nick Blackburn, in his first three years with the Twins, was 11-11-10 wins, but he was 26 old. years old. Too old. Too old, yeah. So sorry, Nick Blackburn, for casting. We got an F there, Jason
5: Stark. <laughs> we got a definite F from you on that.
6: You, you, know, you, guys, you guys have just been ripping through these questions.
5: <laughs>
1: well,
6: you, I mean, not today. You these throw, questions are hard. Just throws a yeah, Kyle Loesch, Kyle Loch
1: knuckleball the, at us. There, that's good stuff. And says, <laughs> "Do you really think I'd give you one that simple?" Yeah. All right, good but, stuff, Jason. Thank, thank you, man. You. Thanks. All right, Jason Stark from TheAthletic.com dot slash MLB, and you can find his baseball stories. This is a great storytelling series, too, on Stadium TV and MLB Network. You can find them, too, during the week. Mackey and Judd. Phil Mackey,
0: Judd Zolgat. I'm not judging these guys on size or color. I, I just think they were boring and dumb. Well, <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
4: At your Independence Day off to a running start with the red, white, and boom TC half marathon relay. And 5K on July 4th. Come out to Boom Island Park for this Twin Cities summer tradition and get your run and first picnic of the holiday under your belt. If you're at the lake or out of town, you can run the virtual Red, White, and Boom wherever you are at. For more details and to register, visit 1500ESPN.com, keyword events.
1: Thank you, Dave. All right, how do we fare here? Intern Max has completed the 60-question, 40-minute Mensa exam. Yes. He was very confident. He rolled through the first 27 questions in like five or six minutes.
5: And then started to sweat profusely.
1: Yeah, started to drink out of a flask and <laughs> was swearing it. behind the scenes. So where are we at here? The time
2: has run out. Yep. Yeah, I finished up, uh, you know, and t- to be honest, it, w- it was it was brutal. It was brutal at the end there, but uh, it, it, it was uh, it was telling in a way. But uh, you know, yeah, you you start off, you get excited, and it's, you're going through it, but then it's just like, wow, what are yeah. we doing here? I mean, so like you know, example for the first question. I mean, this was kind of easy, but it was like, what are what are the five or one out of five is unlike these? So it's like bear, snake, cow, dog, tiger. So out of those, it was Snake. Right, Snake, because they don't have lights yeah. yeah, there, right? That, that's yeah. what I'm assuming. And then there's other questions like, hmm. which one of the five makes the best comparisons? Tree is to ground as chimney is to, and then your answers are like, smoke, brick, sky, garage, house. I went with house on that.
4: But that seems fair.
2: Yeah, you know, or there's mm. other ones. So it's like these A like... Solid m- start right there. These like There's these mysterious questions, like question 15, it's like, which one of the numbers does not belong in the following series? And it's like... 97867563 I went with
4: 8675309? Th- oh,
2: I I Jenny Jenny. I I went with 3 on that. It's mm-hmm. just like and the the worst ones for me were the ones with the symbols. It, it literally like had an arrow and then is oh. to a triangle as a triangle is to and then like the options are just Out of this world, that's easy, Banana Land. So I, I, it was just Banana Land. (laughs) Yeah, it it was just. uh, (laughs) That's a clown question, bro. (laughs) (laughs) This might have been my favorite question. Jack is taller than Peter, and Bill is shorter than Jack. Which of the following statements would be? Wait, okay, hold
1: on. Say it again. Sorry, I need I need pen and
2: paper here. All right. So Jack is taller than Peter, and Bill is shorter than Jack. Which of the following statements would be most accurate? Bill is taller than Peter, Bill is shorter than Peter, Bill is as tall as Peter, or it is impossible to tell. It's impossible That's to D, tell. yeah.
1: It's impossible to tell. What did you
2: choose? Wait, is it actually?
1: Yes, no. 100%. Oh, all, you know, all you know is that Jack is taller than both of them, but you don't know how much taller.
4: Wow. I, got I think Max picked, picked option E. Jack
1: must be a giant. <laughs> well, what I said was yeah, read that... Read the question again. Jack is taller than Peter. Because you know Jack's taller than Peter. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill is shorter than Jack. Okay, so Jack is taller than... Bill and Jack yeah. is tall. All we J- know
4: is Jack is taller than the other guys. So Jack I is think really judges, tall. Judges right. passed out. Jack is a center. No, let's, Jack's a post. As say, let's <laughs> That's his
5: conclusion. Jack plays post. <laughs> exactly. And can shoot threes because exactly. it's 2018. See? I got it for you. Jack is a stretch four. <laughs> is like a point them. guard. <laughs> and yep.
1: Bill's a shooting guard.
5: <laughs> yeah, take that Mensa. Just reinvented yeah, your test Mensa. for you. What was you
1: that first one so with, with the animals again? I feel like you named four NFC North teams and then like Bear, the Diamondbacks, this cow, team is always dog, bad. Tiger. Oh yeah, that's for sure like four of them are NFL teams, one's a baseball team. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Super easy.
2: yeah.
4: Well, we'll what, get we will get the official results yes. here sometimes sent to Max via email. We yeah. don't know exactly when they are coming, but Could be a match member. It sounds like with the uh, Jack Bill Peter question, we have to uh <laughs> Worry too much about you. <laughs> could
5: making a, it could up. have been a rough question, rough one question for Matt. That, that was, was it. it. That was the only was tough the one. Was the
4: Jack, Bill, Peter question? What?
1: How early on was that? <laughs> that was like question like twenty five. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say by that point maybe you started to black out a little bit, get a little tired, and start you know, guessing. Start, Max. To start to press a little bit. Yeah, That's uh, what you got to do, just start guessing. Yeah. Let's do questions when we come back. Is questions ready? Questions can be
0: ready. Absolutely. All right. We'll uh, we'll poke questions when we come back. Sit tight. The Mackie and Jud Show will continue in a moment. No! No! I no. Now! I need it now! Yes! I can't wait. Becky and John on fifteen hundred.